All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Midgard Minute Podcast. I'm Chris, joined as always by my co-host, Nick. Welcome back, everybody. And just quickly before we get into uh, today's episode, uh, we would just like to thank the the Mosey Gang, uh, all the ones that uh, support us over on Anchor, uh, and those people are Scott, Kyle, AJ, Danny, Kevin, Jilly, uh, Brienne, and Matt. Thank you guys so much for... Uh, being part of the Mosey Gang and supporting to us. And if you are interested in supporting us, uh, you could support us uh, through Anchor, or we also have a PayPal, uh, which is on our... Uh, a link to it is on our Instagram, but it's... Uh, pay- I think it's paypal.me uh, forward slash the Midgar Minute, all lowercase, all one word. Um, but, like, as we always say, uh, we're just happy to... We're just happy to have you here, listening to us. And, um, yeah. yeah, so, with that out of the way... <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, we are continuing our discussion on Chapter 17 today. And uh, boy, oh boy, is there a lot <laughs> to, do- oh, to talk meaty. about. It's, it's meaty. It is one chonky chapter for sure. <laughs> um, and where we left off on the last one, we had just finished uh, fighting the Swordipede, I think it was called. Yes. Um, and we got the we got the band back together. <laughs> and uh, we are going to head up to the roof to uh, get our our avalanche chopper out of here. But before we go there, we see some stuff happening. Uh, well, we don't we won't really see it happen. We see the aftermath of it. But somebody, not going to name names here, but somebody took old Genova out of her tank. Oh, they ripped her clean out of that. Tank. Yeah, like, and it was actually. There's no more tank. It's yeah, it's kind of crazy. That it's like if you actually, I don't know if you actually looked around at all. Like, there was a lot of destruction that happened there, um, which kind of makes me wonder, um, what the hell he did. <laughs> Other than because, yeah. like, I'm assuming that he could have just. Uh, it was Sephiroth, by the way. Uh, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was probably some, he was probably met with some resistance. Yeah, I think he probably had to do a little bit of something to get through that. Um, even though I'm, I, it kind of seems like maybe Hojo, well, maybe he helped him out, maybe a little bit or something, or made it a little bit more accessible. But, anyways, um, we then get to see there's these this, you know, goo, this like plasma goo on the floor. I don't know, is that supposed to be like Genova juice or is that like? Uh, I don't know if it's Genova juice or so or, uh, or the, the juice that was that filled up the tank that was sustaining Genova. Yeah, because it's kind of it looks like it's more like his footprints, but it also is kind of like splattered around everywhere, so it's kind of hard to tell. And um, it but does he's, not. If he's it carrying looks her, alien. I guess it could be coming you know, from it her does as not, well. Yeah, and I just think the substance, the goo, is very, um, for lack of a better term, not earthly. Yeah, it's like very, it seems, yeah, very, it seems... yeah, uh, ethereal kind of, uh, where, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, levitating off of the ground a little bit in some spots. Yeah, um, it doesn't seem to be hot or cold, yeah. you know, it just seems to be sticky, I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, I, my best, <laughs> my best description like of Genova it would be, juice. like, um, the stuff that you, in glow sticks, kind of, you know, kind of has that same... <laughs> Kind of like someone cracked a glow stick oh, and then cut it open. I see. I just saw it as the thing that McDonald's burgers are made of. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, like pink, pink goo, the, the pink but this goo. is like the purple oh, yeah, goo, the, yeah. the McNugget <laughs> goo, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, it could be. Who knows? Maybe that stuff is, um, you know, translucent or uh, not translucent, but emits some sort of light. <laughs> Imagine there was an alien parasite that was at like the core of all fast food items. I mean, it might I'm explain sure, a I'm lot. I'm sure someone out there believes it. I'm sure someone out there very <laughs> firmly believes sure. that. In 2020, somebody out there definitely believes that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, then, I honestly, I like this whole sequence of following this trail. Because uh, you follow it into this elevator and you go up to the president's office. And I just, I kind of, I don't know. I like the ambiance of, like, I you're think- like... I don't know it's, what's going on kind of a thing or, you know. It seemed to be, this was, I don't want to call it the, a replacement because I wouldn't call it a replacement scene at all. Mm. But it seems like what they were going for was the same way that scene in the original made you feel where you followed the blood to find yeah, that it was Sephiroth who killed Shira, the yeah. president. So I felt like they were trying to fake us out. Because this does, this trail does lead us to the president. So I think mm. they were trying to fake us out that, like, that's what this scene was going to be. We were going to find a dead president right, or something. We we actually find quite the opposite of that. Uh, we actually find the, the president hanging over the side of the building, uh, screaming for help. Um, help which, me! <laughs> help! Some, is somebody there? Someone! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I like how, like, I... You could hear him, once you get to his office, you can hear him screaming, but uh, I don't know about you and everyone else uh, watching or listening, but um, I definitely took my time. Because I was like, immediately, once I was like, oh, it's President Shinra, alright, I'm not... I'm not in a hurry. I'm <laughs> like, in no rush here. I'll let him go for a little bit, and then like, oh yeah, gonna... Buy some items at the vendor, the vending machine, and you know, gonna sit on the bench, <laughs> take my sweet ass time, and uh, yeah, <laughs> eventually get over to him. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoy this cutscene that happens Me between too. Barrett Barrett and uh, the president. Um, where I I honestly, because at first I was like. It's weird because, like you said, this was not in the original, so it was like we already. By the time we got up here, he was already dead. So it's like, huh? How is this gonna turn out? Like, it's one of those things where, like, you don't necessarily. I mean, I'm assuming that the president was gonna die no matter what, but I was like, is Barrett gonna kill him? Like, that's I. The whole entire time, I thought that Barrett was gonna kill him. Me um, too. But yeah, we get he, we get a couple little fake outs, and he, you know, he he picks him up, and then he like drops him, and then he grabs him by his collar, and. Uh, you know, he's just straight up trolling him, and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and uh, you know, the president uh, is obviously begging for his life, and and Barrett, you know, says, "I'm, I'm a man of modest dreams," and uh, dropping yep. you from uh, was dropping you from seventy stories up might get me close to good or something like da- that. Damn near to good. Damn near to good. And the, and then the president doesn't even skip a beat, and he's like, "But not all the way. There must be something. You want else. something more." And then uh, Barrett says my second favorite line of talk to me again like you know me, which is so. Yeah, and I just, really thought he was good. I really thought he did it right after that line where he throws the president up. Mm-hmm. I really thought he did it. I thought he killed the bastard. And I thought that would have been the craziest line to say before you kill somebody. Yeah. Talk to me again like you know no, me. And then, yeah, then Boom. just lets him go. Yeah. But no, we got, uh, you know, everyone, uh, well, Tifa and Aerith are saying, ah, no, maybe you shouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, Cloud probably doesn't care either way. <laughs> and Red. Yeah, I feel like Cloud could have gone either way on this one. I feel like he's like, this is Barrett's fight. 
He's like, I got yeah. Sephiroth to deal with. Barrett can take this one. It's like, yeah, we got yeah, we got bigger things to worry about. So this is, this would be Barrett's <laughs> boss fight. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then no, he we he does throw him back onto the 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 roof, and uh, we get a nice little a nice little moment that I think I feel like Barrett. I, I can imagine him, like, in his off time, like, when he's away from everyone else. He's, like, dreaming of, like, what this confrontation was going to be like. For real. Because, like, this is something that, obviously, he's been trying, he's been, like, trying to achieve, obviously, for this, not just this entire game, but for, I guess, his whole entire time with Avalanche, probably. Um, since he left, since he left his hometown. Yeah, yeah. And I, I you know, it, I just think that, you know, you have the, the avalanche theme uh, playing in the background and it's just like this super triumphant moment where I just, it, it felt really good because it's like, oh, Barrett finally got the thing that he was going for, you know, that he could talk yeah, to the... this was a moment he deserved in the original that he didn't get. Right. Yeah. You know? This is, I feel like they were trying to maybe, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, Barrett, maybe he deserves this moment. Um, and I definitely think that he did. And I, I love everything. He's like, you know, you're going to, you're going to get on the TV and you're going to tell those people that you killed those people in sector seven, that it was you who did it. Exactly. You did it. We're, we're not a, uh, we're not a, a puppet of, of Wu Tai or anybody. And, uh, yeah, he's basically just, yeah, just tell him that you guys were the ones that did it. And we're the ones that made you tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. Taken down a Goliath, as he says, which is I think was kind of funny because we really, honestly, we didn't really do all that much <laughs> in terms of like <laughs> taking anything down. Um, I mean, we fucked up Hojo's shit a little bit, but as far as the president's concerned, that was more, you know, I guess technically Sephiroth put him in that position, or yeah, know, it's a, that, that is Sephiroth. a good point. That is a good point, but uh, I think when we talk about that this was a moment Barrett deserved in the original, it's everything that comes after now that yes. builds his character in a way that's going to make him much more satisfying in the long haul. Mm-hmm. Like, he's set up for a lot of personal growth here. Um, and it's a moment that I felt like not only did the character need, but the party, the game, the whole... The yeah. whole the whole purpose of what we're doing for the quote-unquote planet, yeah, this is an important thing that needs to be addressed. And to, that's... Be, to be honest with you, I honestly, uh, especially with like kind of how things go a little bit after this, um, I thought that this was the final chapter of the game. <laughs> because the way the way things were starting to wrap up, I was like, all right, okay, well, you know, this we're is climaxing. Probably, we're getting to, this is, you know, like everything, pretty much everything from this point forward is just like, you know, it felt like watching a movie at a certain point of like, oh, this is like, this is what a climax of, if this was a movie, this would be the climax of the movie, you know? But I mean, it yes. definitely gets more, more so a little bit later once we start leaving the Shinra Tower, it feels like that. But, um, yeah, this was definitely felt like, oh, okay. Like I was, when I first was playing through this game, I didn't expect all the stuff that we got in chapter 18 at all. Like that was, that was a, and I'm assuming most people didn't <laughs> cause that, you know, all the, um, you know, the, all the crazy curveballs that we get, uh, pitched at next time. Um, but yeah, no, I loved, I love this entire sequence. And then we get into, I think you prefer, I think, uh, president Shinra's response to what Barrett tells him. Yes, yes, because I think this sets up Barrett to become 
much more than he is now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the thing that made Barrett a lot of fun in remake was when we meet Barrett, he is who he is, and he doesn't really hold himself back. Um, mm. And he's very narrow-minded. To his credit, he's very narrow-minded about taking out Shinra and stopping all of this. Mm. But when the president kind of turns the tables on him and goes, oh, is, is that all you want for your names to be cleared? You know, like, you've got me at gunpoint right now. Yeah. You've got me running from you, could, you, and this is what... You're not telling you me to shut have, down the Raptors. Yeah, like, you, you can literally tell me to... You could force me to do anything right anything. now, technically. He offered him anything. He offered him <laughs> anything. He's like, whatever you want, it's yours. I you. I have get anything you want. And he's like, so you'd rather clear your names. You'd rather have me go on TV and clear Avalanche's name than go on TV and say we're shutting down the reactors. Like, that's where your head's at, Barrett. And Mm -hmm. you kind of start to realize now when, you know, I forget what chapter we're in, but when he's not really paying attention, he's like, we got to work on our victory poses. And, you know, when he's talking into the camera, like, these are the things that we love about Barrett. But in the grand scheme of things, it kind of needs to change for his sake. Like yeah, he kind of like does he, need to grow out of this. He needs to see the bigger picture of like, you know, and, and president Shinra, you know, does do a good job of being like, Hey, like if you took us out, you know, and then something bad happens, like, are you going to help everyone? Are you going to do like, yeah, we might be doing some fucked up shit, but we also are providing all the infrastructure to all these people and doing all these things. And it's like, yeah, I, I like how the game sort of, uh, you know, presents... Like, I love when any sort of uh, fiction or anything kind of presents that... Me too. You know, that gray area of like, yeah, we did some fucked up shit, but we also do some pretty good things too, you know? And yeah, something... and this was something the game's been building out, right? Right, Like, right. When, when Cloud says, like, I think just in the previous chapter, he's like, yeah, but... Mako has made people's lives better. And, we, you know, you see this in humanizing the Shinra employees. You see it in mm-hmm. humanizing the Shinra guards. It's like, all right, so Shinra's fucked up and they're all a bunch of mustache-twirling villains. But does it mean that everything that's going on is vile and terrible? Right. And it's not as simple. And it shows us, like, and this is, you know, just as true in real life as is in Final Fantasy VII, is, like, it's not as simple as just taken out whoever's on the top like oh yeah like Like it's you know i mean i'm sure for a lot of people it's that simple but in reality it's very much like things are never as you know black and white as they may appear to be and solutions you know you say you say you know go ahead go ahead yeah i was just gonna say and solutions aren't so simple it's like barrett could go ahead right there shoot the president in the head and burn down the the shinra headquarters yeah but then a hurricane shows but then a hurricane shows up and now there's there's no transport of food there's no there's there's none of this you know infrastructure for for taking care of people it's like it all go it all falls flat with without it there obviously you know midgar could do a lot better than shinra but it's not as simple as okay we'll just get rid of shinra and then everything's going to be peaches and cream yeah it's like no something worse than shinra could come yeah i mean it's like you you know, know if if you got rid of Shinra, then I guess the next best, well, the next thing that would probably happen is that the mayor would probably go back into power, I guess. Because I'm assuming, because that's, I've always just interpreted as Shinra is the only reason why he does not have any power. And, and bro, here's some mind-bending stuff. Say it is the mayor who would just assume the vacuum, right? Well, we know he's connected to Avalanche. And then what if Avalanche is funded by Wu-Tai at yeah. the end of the day? And what if that was true? Suddenly you had this Wu-Tai puppet who made his way into the infrastructure and took over the power vacuum. Yeah. 
crazy FF7 fan fiction right here. Ladies <laughs> <and children. laughs> it's this is the, these are the theories that you don't think about. Um, yeah, no, I think I think that's totally um, you know that like this whole entire scene really just kind of encompasses like yeah like this is. You know, this is like the, in the fantasy, this is what, you know, you go on, you tell him and, you, you know, he, you know, he goes on television and he goes, oh, we were the ones that did all the bad things and Avalanche are the good guys. And then everyone goes way and then, you know, cut to credits. But, you know, obviously things would not actually go that way. So I, I just, I love that encapsulation and I love the back and forth. Um, I love, uh, I love the fact that President Shinra has a golden gun and it's the same golden gun that we could see in the museum, but he also yep. still has a personal one that he carries in or has in his office. As, is, as everything that's in these museums is probably <laughs> just a copy. Yeah. And I also, I enjoy, uh, President Shinra basically just kind of giving it to us straight of like, yeah, I, you know, I use what I want and throw away the things that I don't. Like I just, yeah. I just, I use... take what I want and and I see what I want and I take it. Something yeah, like that's that, pretty. Yeah, that's pretty much like he's just, you know, uh, honestly. And it's one of those things that I can, I feel like I always respect, like, uh, fictional villains Self, for self awareness. Just being like, I just, I'm evil because I, it gets me. It's a, it's just a road to get me to where I need to go. You know, it's not. I'm not doing it because I love. I mean, even though I do like. Sometimes I like villains that are like, yeah, I'm evil just because I'm evil. That's it. <laughs> I just enjoy no, it. No, but I feel you. It's it's nice to see someone. It's cool, rather, to see someone be a villain out of practicality and not morality. Yeah, and he actually kind of seems know? he seems a little bit more well adjusted compared to Barrett, which is like a nice juxtaposition because it's usually the other way around, where it's like the hero comes in and tries to you and know, straighten it. out the villain and you know whatever and. But no, it's like something where, and it, it, we don't necessarily see the effects of it right away. And I feel like it's something that, because we were kind of talking before, that will be explored more in in the next game. Yeah, we're because much things get uh, things get abruptly ended as this conversation is kind of reaching its peak. Um, our 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 good boy uh, Prezi Shinra uh, gets stabbed. <laughs> Get stabbed. Yo, uh, dude, hold on one second. There's a cricket in my room that I want to kill. So I guess just let the audio keep running and we'll clap ourselves back in. But okay. I just want to take care of this guy right here. <laughs> sure. All right. Did him a favor. Okay, okay, I'm back. Okay, so I'll just do, I'll do a quick little countdown and we'll just jump right back in. Yes, sounds good to me. All right, three, two, one. Okay, so the uh, the president gets stabbed. Um, 
in the middle of uh, just just as that conversation is getting to its peak. And I want to say I want to punch in real quick while, sure. while we've been on it. But it's I was really like I, I as I noticed some things in this remake already a change that some things are going to be different. I actually had this moment in the middle of the president's speech where I was like, yo, I kind of hope he's in it for the long haul. He's yeah. starting to become a pretty cool fucking character yeah, he, right now. He's getting more <laughs> characterization than he definitely did in the original for sure. At this Way point, more. Especially. And then just bam, like nope. And just like nope, we're still keeping. We still got another. We got another boy in the in the wings waiting. Um, but yeah, he's, he gets stabbed by Sephiroth, and I like how it was weird to me because I was like, oh, maybe this is some bullshit. Because when he stabs him, like out, like behind, like the wound, there's all this like kind of smoky stuff going on, and I'm like, hmm. Like, is that not real? Like, is this sword not real or something? Um, but we, we do find out that it is very much real because uh, President Shinra is dead. <laughs> and yep. and then uh, Barrett uh, gets upset because he probably is upset that he wasn't able to do it himself. And then Sephiroth uh, uh, instantly transports over to him and then stabs Barrett, which um, is... Which I a- want to say, I had a mind fuck of a 30 seconds... Because I was like, as I wanted the president to survive, I then watch him get killed, and I go, oh, guess he can't change that. And then, like, <laughs> literally, like, 15 seconds after that, Barrett gets stabbed. I go, okay, what? Yeah, like, whoa, and, what's going on? And for for full disclosure, I uh, was one of the unfortunate souls that watched the last trailer that came out before the game came out. And that was that scene was in it. Barrett, yeah, Barrett getting, getting stabbed. Barrett getting yeah. stabbed was in it, and it was it was only like a half a second, so you're just like, what? Um, but I saw that, and I'm like, I kind of wish I didn't see it, but at the same time, like, I knew in my heart of hearts, I'm like, there's no way that they, if that was something that was like a huge, huge deal, they wouldn't have shown it in the trailer. Like, I, you know, say what you say about certain trailers, and there are definitely some trailers that tell too much, but... I feel like if that if Barrett actually was going to die there, they would not have shown that because I feel no, like that just that, like they didn't show Zach. That would have been a huge thing, you know. That would have been a huge thing, and like I mean, technically they did show like a little bit of Zach. You know, they well, showed. Let they me showed rephrase boots, that then. Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase yeah, it. Then. They didn't show him. They didn't surviving. show Zach surviving. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, that was and to me and the I. Honestly, the way that they did this scene was really good. And, and and honestly, that's what made me kind of regret seeing it in the trailer was that it would have gotten me. Like, I would have been like, holy fuck. And even still, I was... You would have been just like Cloud. Because it was... one it, Like, that happens, and then it goes like, you know, the music stops, and everyone has a little bit of echo on their voice, and, you know, everyone's running over and what in I, slow can, motion. Can I, and, and can I tell you what I love most about it? What? The, see, the line from Advent Children that stuck with me the most from Sephiroth was he said something like, there's not a thing that I can't take from you or something like that. Yeah, no, like, there's, I'll, um, I'll... yeah, there was, I think, a line like towards the end of their fight. I think if it's the same one that we're, that you're talking about where he goes, um, tell me all the things that you cherish or something so that I might have the joy of taking them away from you. And that's kind like of, that. and that's kind of the vibe I got where you see his face. As he looks at Cloud after yeah, stabbing Yeah, he, he gets that shit-eating grin on his face. and He's and just Cl- like, I could do it all. <laughs> and this is pro- one of my favorite, like, m- like act 
character moments from Cloud throughout this whole thing is that that him just standing there in fear and like that just like those little like gasps that his voice actor's doing. Yeah. Dude. And like that disbelief of like that shuddering kind of breath was like so perfect. Like it again was just another example of like these these guys really are giving it their all and it it shows. Um and then right right immediately after that we see uh the whispers like care for him uh for Barrett and it's like they get involved to yeah, say it's the like, least you know they're kind of, yeah like they're they're letting him down gently and one seems to be doing some sort of magic to him and then uh Sephiroth uh <laughs> swipes his sword and they all just you know like a bunch of cockroaches they just slither out of there and then we get all then things start going crazy because uh, then we are revealed that at least well I think Sephiroth in general um, but this particular Sephiroth mm-hmm. uh, it was being controlled by Genova is it, it's a Dreamweaver Dreamweaver that was the name of the boss anyway it was Genova Dreamweaver yes and uh by the way, <laughs> it's uh, like this. Everything basically from this point on, I'm just going to endlessly praise because this is like <laughs> my favorite. Like, this is why I almost kind of wish that this was like the end of the game. I mean, it is, but, you know, I wish it was like more of like the true finale because it feels like they put so much love and care into these next like couple hours where it's just like. It, it's like a fucking almost like masterpiece level, at least for me. That's what I felt like um, going through this. And, you know, it was weird at first to fight the Dreamweaver because it was like, all right, well. Um, and well, the well, the more interesting thing is that Aerith says that this is the source uh, of everything. This is the source of everything, which is like a a really ominous <laughs> uh, phrase to say, because I'm assuming at least when I my interpretation of it is that this is everything that is responsible uh, for everything thus far. You know, this yes. is so this is the source of all the problems that we've had with the whispers and well, I guess not the whispers because the Genova and the whispers are on opposite teams technically. Well, they're not really on a team. Well, Genova certainly has a team. The whispers are more like, Hey, we're on team. Keep it all in line. Yeah. They're like, yeah, well, sometimes we'll help. Sometimes we won't kind of thing. Um, but yeah, this kind of like culmination of, I mean, at least, at least we get a confirmation that this is the source of Sephiroth, at least, at least that my interpretation of it is that we don't actually see Sephiroth in this game at all, except for maybe at the edge of creation. I think the edge of creation, you can make a case that that's the Sephiroth, Sephiroth, we're yet to see it, but yeah, we're like on the same page here. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, and then we get a little bit more after the fight, but really quick, I just want to talk, um, I love the hell out of this boss fight. With Genova and not not just the the fucking music, which was one of like one of the f- very few moments that like at the end, especially towards the end here, um, where a piece of music came in and I literally had to like pause the game and like stand up and be like, oh my god, this is real. Like this is a real thing that I'm experiencing right now. Like when. Obviously, in the third phase of the Genova fight, when the when the full theme kicks in, um, that was like a spiritual moment for me. <laughs> or I was just like, I'm just, I'm just like so, like I've it's it had been a while since I've been like that happy 
of like something that has like filled me with such glee where I'm just like, I'm bouncing up and down in my seat being like, Oh my God, this is fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that whole, that whole, that whole fight was really uh, good and interesting, but the fight that comes after this is actually probably my favorite fight in the entire game. But before we get there, um, I don't know. Is there anything else? Is there anything you want to mention about the the fight with uh, the Dreamweaver or um, nothing other than like it required the most amount of strategy? Oh, uh, yes. With the exception of maybe the Hell House, I think the Hell House might be the only one that required a little bit more strategy. But mm-hmm. I feel like the Hell House, in many ways, this is one of the fights it was prepping us for. Exactly, um, and I, I felt honestly, I felt like that this fight was like this is pushing everything involving you and with like a t- with team combat to its like furthest potential i think yes. like this is pushing you to your absolute limits i should say not your potential but your limits fighting with a team and then the next fight pushes the the limits of a one-on-one fight yes. which you know i think is great but before i don't i don't want to jump the gun because there's other stuff uh i want to talk about but um yeah, I'm sorry. Was there anything else you wanted to say, or just... no? Uh, I guess only other thing I would say is if you didn't have triple slash for this fight, I feel really bad for you because it makes <laughs> things a million times easier, a thousand times easier. Yes, um, but yeah. So yeah, we we defeat the Dreamweaver, and then immediately we're brought back into uh, the office. And oh, we... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I you literally asked me twice and I blew it. But there is one thing I wanted. <laughs> sure, go ahead. There is one thing I wanted to something I think that they're playing with. You know, in the original, they always made it very clear that Genova is an alien parasite that's trying to use the planet as a host and basically use it as a vessel rather and become mm-hmm. its host. Um, I think, and this is another full conversation for another day. But I think the remake, in many ways, is taking it a step further, and it's like. Genova's going to have the ability to literally reorganize the fabric of reality. And that's why the president's office literally warped into something else with Genova around. And if you look at like all the walls and the ceilings, it's like her being is almost like dripping off of it, like a spider web caked onto the shit. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. We, cause we, we actually, now that you are saying this, it kind of reminded me of a, a point that we, I think we had slightly touched upon in a previous episode where like, is the Dreamweaver a a instrument of Genova? Like, is it something that is being controlled by Genova? You think, or well, I, I think I, I guess it would be, or like, I, I yeah, know, I think it's ext- it, I think it's a tentacle. I think it's like a tentacle. Of, right, right. I think thinking, all the clones. I think all the clones are just like different tentacles of Genova. Right. Like, picture Genova as like the head of the octopus, and all these clones are different tentacles and those that have been injected with Genova cells are basically candidates to right. become uh, tentacles. Like sleeper cells basically. Yeah. Yeah. They Much the like there's candidates to, for soldier to, be to become Midgar's tentacle. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know. Cause now that I'm, I, I said that before I was like, I don't know. I feel like I had another point to make when I brought it up in the previous episode, but I, I, I don't see why it wouldn't be, Genova controlling it because I thought maybe you know it could, maybe could possibly be something else or like so, like something that's has its own agenda maybe or you know uh, but it makes a hundred percent sense why that it would be Genova actually directly controlling it um, or I guess having that thing you know be um, 
influencing Cloud and stuff throughout this whole entire game. You know, yes. instead of uh, instead of it being oh, I think I think it might have been. I was thinking whether or not it was Genova influencing it or Sephiroth influencing it. You know what I mean? Or influencing Sephiroth influencing Genova. You know what I mean? See, Sephiroth, Sephiroth is like how do I put it? You know what? Never mind. See, Sephiroth is the head of the <laughs> octopus. Sephiroth is the head of the octopus. Genova's the brain of the octopus, yeah. and all the clones are the tentacles. Yeah, and they're so just basically like Sephiroth at this point is kind of just existing in the live stream, or whatever, right? And then, well, I guess technically not. Well, uh, it's weird because it's like he's t- he's technically not part of the live stream yet, but he is. Well, he was thrown into he was thrown into the live stream by Cloud in the Nibelheim incident. Right. So he's made contact with it. Like, yeah, he's frozen in the northern crater. But yeah. But yeah, he's not like he's not like the advent. Ch- well, ugh, shit. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, he's not the advent children version of himself yet. But we saw that version of him. Potentially, we saw that version of him at the edge of creation. So I don't. It's the thing I think is just we don't have enough information yet, and I think it's something that maybe yes. we could do a specific episode on later on. Yeah, we could, and we could play with uh, this idea of like, yeah, because there's yeah. definitely. I feel like there's definitely some different interpretations of uh, how this stuff kind of played out. Uh, where we could probably go in a couple of different fun ways with it, but oh, for I'm the sure. sake for the sake of time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll just we'll just move forward. Um, yeah, so we we finish that fight. We see we see that it is one of the Sephiroth clones, or you know, one of the soldier clones. Um, that was not. I don't think it was the same as Marco from Sector Seven. I don't think this one was Marco. I don't think it was that. That was the same number. But was the next one him? I'm not. 100% I think the sure. next. I think the next one is Marco. Yeah, as I I would have to double check to see which number he has on him, but. Um, I think he has number two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the guy, the guy that was the Dreamweaver was two, I think, and then the guy that picks up Genova and then jumps off of the the Shinra Tower. I th- I want to say I th- I want to say Marco's number was forty. Oh no 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 the the one I'm looking at it now the one who was the Genova Dreamweaver quote unquote is number forty nine. Oh okay, so that was that was that guy. Okay, which is seven to the seventh power. So maybe that's a uh, a seven pun. Jesus, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, so then yeah, we see. I mean, at this point, we clearly we clearly know that Sephiroth is uh, otherworldly, as we were kind of mentioning with the Genova stuff before. He's literally carrying Genova's corpse <laughs> in a bag, uh, and then he floats up to the roof, which I thought was really funny. That is just like, oh yeah, he's just I could do whatever now. Who cares? He's just doing it. I'm just doing it. And then, yeah, we climb up after him, and then he jumps off the building. And, we, yeah, we see that it is another one of the clones that I guess is... They're basically... The clones are just conduits, like we were saying before. They're just conduits for Genova and Sephiroth, I guess. Or, well, I guess just Genova at this point. But, again, we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about all that stuff <laughs> later on. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then after that... Uh, we get our, we're, we're about to leave. We got, we, you know, we got our helicopter coming to come pick us up, you know, and then we're going to ride off into the moonlight. I think, I don't know if you want to talk about Barrett coming back that, that little sequence. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I like how we were just, we were talking about that for the longest time, but yeah. Yeah. Um, he comes, yeah, he comes back and the, the, 
uh, Red just flat out is like, this is not the death ordained by you. Uh, this is not the death for you ordained by fate yeah. or something like that. And that, that's like kind of like what I was alluding to before of like, it's if you didn't know what the whispers were doing. <laughs> and now, you know, you're flat, you were flat out just told. Um, and yeah, I, I like Barrett looking at it go, go, Oh, thanks. And then it just flies away. And, uh, that is, it's like, it was kind of like a weird thing of like, oh, it kind of makes you want to feel bad or feel something about the whispers, right? Like they're, even though they do go into later on, obviously like they're not, they're not like on our side, but yeah, they, you know. they, they're not, they are not part of the moral contest here. They have one job and that's to keep things in line. And yeah. like, like you and I were talking about in the pre-roll, you know, you should be able to put two and two together rather quick. If Barrett can't die prematurely, well, then neither can Sephiroth. And if Sephiroth, right. quote-unquote this version of Sephiroth, so if we can't change fate in Barrett's death, then we can't really change anybody's fate. And if we can't change anybody's fate, there's no reason for us to be here. All right. Some might say there's no reason to make this game, but that's another conversation. <laughs> so, you'll have to ask the developers on that one. But um, no, I think I think really this was, you know, even though it was a little heavy-handed, um, it's a good sort of like here's a really good representation because um, obviously we come to find out later that we're going to literally have to destroy fate capital D destiny um, and this is kind <laughs> of like you know hey you know if we had done that before this Barrett would have actually been dead you know and it's like yeah. one of those things where it's like this is you know aside from being another thing to be like hey this is what the whispers are about it's a really like extreme way to show you like hey this like going forward things like this something like this could happen and yep. they're not going to be brought back to life or they potentially won't be brought back to life so you know well, that's I what think... i kind of really stirs the pot of like oh well you know anything's possible well not at this point but when we get a little bit further on you know and I think this is exactly what's going to make the sequels exciting right because even when they completely wavered off the rails and they appeared to have killed Barrett in that scene. You know, whether you saw it in the trailer or not, and, you know, Mosey Gang, or people who follow us online, let us know what you mm -hmm. think. But, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone was pretty confident Barrett wasn't dead. I'm sure everyone oh, yeah. was like, no, they wouldn't do that. And I think this is a good way to, like, this doesn't insinuate that they are going to do it now or do something that crazy in the future. But it's, but it's a nice idea little, it's a little idea, like, you know, the whole you know, idea of, hey, it didn't happen in the original is now gone. Yes. Like, that's something this yes. story can no longer rest on. Yeah, it was pretty much, they're pretty much were, this was the setup for what was going, what chapter 8 is going, or 18 is going to be. Where, like, yes. this is this is the setup for, okay, this is, this is what is going to happen now. Things are going to go a certain way now, but we're going to cut that line, basically. And then from here on out, it's like, what, who knows, you know? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, we've said many, many a time is the best way to go about a remake. I think so, too. I think so, too. I still and... I still think, and, and who knows, like like we've also said, they could totally royally mess up the next part, and we could look back at this and be like, man, we were fucking stupid for thinking that they ever had... <laughs> A good yeah, idea. No, they could totally, they could totally blow it. Let's not, let's not act like that hasn't happened 
to uh, our beloved series characters and franchises before. They could very well absolutely blow it. Yeah. I'm just of the camp that this game was such a banger that I have faith. Yeah, I have I have faith as well. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, we get uh, did all we did all the stuff. We got Barrett uh, alive, and uh, Sephiroth is or Sephiroth, quote unquote, and Genova have jumped off the building. So now we got to get and the hell. The one on top was number two. Yes. Okay. I the one on, on top was well. number two. Okay. Um, so yeah, now it's like, all right, well, the president's dead. Uh, Sephiroth got away and well, I guess we're just going to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> About uh, time we make our escape too. But as, uh, as our avalanche choppers coming in, it gets shot down like every helicopter does in everything ever. Um, and then we get, uh, we get, get our first look at, um, the, the best boy who, uh, thanks to, uh, uh, Jillian on our discord, by the way, if you're a member of the Mosey gang, you get to ex- access to our discord. Um, we now know that Rufus is canonically 30 years old in this game. Um, and all the Turks are 30 minus, uh, Reno, who is 28, apparently. Um, and it's just like, goddamn, I know I, you know, I shouldn't be comparing myself to Rufus, but, uh, cause I, cause I mean, I just turned 30 uh, a few weeks ago and <laughs> I was like, goddamn, uh, fucking Seto Kaiba over here really. <laughs> and, uh, and, and just, we'll get it out of the way now. I, I fucks with Rufus's design in this game. I, I Dude, think he reeks I, of like boss's son. Like yes, just... <laughs> yes. And it's like, you know, for every, everyone was giving him shit because of the belts and all the shit. I'm like, yeah, it's a little excessive, but I feel like, and I was just thinking about this earlier, I'm like, if I'm okay with Lulu and all of her belts, I feel like I have to be okay with Rufus and all of his. And he has significantly less than her, by the way. Significantly less. Also, it's like, have you guys been playing the same series? It's all belts and zippers on every character <laughs> yeah. we love. Like any <laughs> any any character that Nomura touches is gonna have yeah. some amount of zippers or. or and I feel like it's gone belts. generational, dude. I feel like it's gone generational. Look at the projects he's not even on. You still see the belts and zippers yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it's a, definitely a style for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I love uh, I love everything about Rufus. Oh yeah. Um, from his presentation to like his little, he does little fucking coin tricks, and uh, voice actors amazing. His too. voice actors amazing. Yeah, his whole his attitude and everything is 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 spot on for the type of character that I wanted him to actually be. Um, well, but, I like. I just want to punch in just sure. with the character we wanted him to be. What I love is that he wasn't just like the cocky boss's son who thinks he's better than everyone. I love the end of the first phase. Where he's, Cloud's like, oh, you think you got my number? And then Rufus like, no, actually, you're making me sweat. <laughs> like, 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 no, no yeah, you're, like, you're actually pretty actually, good, man. You're pretty tough. Yeah, um, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure the ladies love that, um, especially that phrasing, as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, quickly before we get into the fight with Rufus, um, there's a scene that happens. You know, as everyone's, you know, now we have to escape through the building. Now, um, the moment where uh, Barrett goes uh goes to clouds like oh you know i could stay here and back you up and Cl- cloud turns around he's like barrett please i'm asking you <laughs> and it's like that to me like that was like a a moment like where my like i felt it in my heart a little bit of like oh yeah. like They're you guys are, you're actually like 
you know, this is like, hey man, like all jokes aside, just like no, get them out of here, and I'll I'll fight Rufus. Like like he's like no, you know, and he was just like ah fuck it, all right. Oh, you gotta love Barrett. Oh, he's just like fine, but you better come. You better make it back. Yeah, like you know, he's still yeah, he's still like he doesn't want to be as he doesn't want to be sappy back to him. So he'll just he's like ah fine, whatever. Scratching the back of his head. <laughs> so, yeah, you better be right behind us. Um, and then yes, we get oh, man. The, this whole this whole introduction with Rufus is so they set him good. up so well, dude. Where he they just set him up so well. It's like we've never seen nor heard of this guy this entire game, and then he comes in and just immediately, if you have the show, even if you don't know who he is, I mean, and like you know, Barrett gives you like a little rundown of like, oh, you know, the heir to the throne himself, you know, that kind of, you know, in case you don't know, but like he just comes in and he's like, yeah, he's like, oh, you're a soldier, huh? That means I own you. <laughs> <laughs> just like straight in, like he just came in like dude you don't even know like we fought your goons we fought the the turks and yeah by the way he's leader of the turks for people who don't know and um, that yeah that's where they've been getting their orders this whole time yeah and it's just like you know we fought you know we fought you know most of your turks at this point and you know he just comes in like he like he owns the place which i mean he does technically right now because <laughs> uh his his dad is dead in the next room and I wonder if he knew that. Well, I, I don't know if he knew that right away. I don't. I don't. But, yeah, I don't uh, know if he knew that right. Uh, no, actually, I think he probably got. No, how could he know? Yeah, it's like I mean, unless. Oh no! There's oh easy. There's probably fucking footage. Like they got cameras everywhere in that yeah, building. Yeah, he's just watching. He's just watching on the cameras. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna go out there and help him. I mean, I don't no, know why he to, would. Think but. about it. So, like one of the one of the fan theories out there that's floating is that Rufus is the one actually funding Avalanche and actually kind of pushing that, and that maybe this is why Avalanche was storming the front of the building. You know, yeah. it so, was all a plan to get the yeah. president killed. Because think about it: it who put the president on the ledge like that? Mm. It wasn't Sephiroth? I mean, I, that was. I always thought that it was. Well, why would he just that, if he could kill him so easily with that sword? You know, I mean, uh, if he could kill him so easily, yeah, that, why would he just like th- kick him to the ledge and leave him there? Right. I think maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe Sephiroth was expecting, or Genova, whoever was expecting. You know, maybe they wanted Barrett to have his moment. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they're just like, yeah, maybe maybe Barrett will kill him for me, and then that was the reason. You know, when he couldn't kill him, I guess, or he was taking too long, or whatever. That's when Sephiroth stepped in and was like, ah, "All right, you guys are talking. All right, I'll take care of the- yeah, um, you." Enough. Like, I gave you a chance and you fucked it up, uh, so I'm gonna clean up your mess, um, or my own mess, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wonder. Uh, yeah, because Rufus is very much like I wonder how much he was like, you know, involved. He seems like a guy who probably he probably was not on the best of terms with his dad. Probably he. It seems like it almost. I get the like. We'll get into it when we get to this scene because there's a scene before this I want to touch on. But when you get that scene where Rufus kind of oh, maybe it's in the next chapter, maybe it's not in this one. But anyway, mm-hmm. the scene where Rufus kind of assumes the throne. And you just feel that deliberate coup where the Turks are suddenly favored over Heidegger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. that is definitely, that's definitely towards the end of the game. Yeah. 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 I think that's I, the next chapter. 
Um, but yeah, but I think there's something about it that just seems a little deliberate. Yeah, a little it, seemed, bit. it seemed like, you know, it maybe it maybe he wasn't directly planning for it, but it's something that he's like, oh, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to weep, you know, like yeah, exactly. it's I like it's like one do. of those things where he like he secretly was hoping it was going to happen and that he wouldn't have to, like, kill him himself or something like that. So, um, well, yeah, Avalanche just... has been making attempts on the president's life. Yeah. You know, who, yeah. who who directly benefits from that? Yeah. Good old, good old Rufy. Good old Rufy. <laughs> good old Rufy. Um, but yeah, just yeah, I, I, I think this fight with Rufus is, it's definitely my favorite, and it has me the most excited for not only FF sixteen, um, but uh, if they're depending on how they're going, if they change the combat at all for remake part two or whatever, um, like how awesome. Like how much more? Because I feel like it felt like to me that this was like they were trying to make this like like a one on one fight with like a human sized enemy is like the best way yes. to tell like how good of like an action game you are kind of and that's yeah. at least in my perspective. Um, and I feel like it was it was pushing the limits of what this combat system could was capable of. But it made me excited to think, oh, maybe in the future, maybe if if we're going more actiony. Like, this game would actually really benefit from something like that, and we can have more. Because, like, you know, I'm thinking thinking back on the fights with Reno and Rude, and I'm like, those fights were fine, but, you know, it was just like, but I feel like Rufus was just... They weren't to just, this level. This felt like a true duel. Right, and yeah, Rufus was just straight up, like... He, he was I, he was honestly probably one of the longer fights that I've had, um, well, aside from the Hell House. I could speak for my own uh, sake that... One thing I loved about this boss fight is none of my usual tricks were working. Like yes. all the things I could use to kind of get around every other enemy, they didn't work on Rufus. He had an answer for everything. Yeah, and it's something. Yeah, it was, it was like I said, kind of pushing you to your limits of like, all right, and then not on top of all that, you're fighting him one on one. Well, you know, <laughs> just After the two the of dog. us, actually, maybe three. Uh, which I love. I love that line too so much, um, where he just is like, "Oh yeah, I forgot my dog's here." Uh, I guess they're serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love all the, the combos and stuff that him and like, I don't know if you saw any of like the, um, the little cutscenes that happened, like when you would, when you would square off with them and they would like do combos on you and, um, him and uh, dark star, which I just recently, uh, when I was rewatching the cutscenes, um, I re I didn't realize that he called him D instead of, like, for some reason, like that, gives me a little bit more uh it feels like a little characterization of rufus because i could easily see him being like dark star or you know or dog or whatever but like for yeah, him to call yeah, him yeah. d i feel like that's something like, oh like he actually has a relationship with that dog um the gray area continues yeah hey he's you know like ah, rufus shinra might be a shithole but he loves his dog and maybe he's, maybe he's maybe john that's, wick maybe that's why song likes him so much Maybe yeah, because Sung he's is good. He's good to his loyal dogs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I um, I, I yeah, I love the hell out of this fight. Um, I think it was great, and I love how it ends uh, the same way that it does in the original, where he just <laughs> the helicopter just comes up behind him, and he's just like, "Oh, see you later. I'm out. Goodbye. This is a, a new day for Shinra, or whatever he says." Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we get our little moment of cloud. Oh no, cloud. He's going to fall off the, the top of the tower. Oh no. And then I was like, all right, well he could clearly just pull himself up. 
Like, we've seen him recover from worse things than this. Um, so I was a little like, uh, this is weird. And then of course, Tifa runs in, uh, and, and, uh, says, uh, one of my favorite, I, I, I feel like I say this about every line in this game, but one of, one of my favorite <laughs> lines of, oh, you, you got, if you're going to play the hero, you got to be stronger than this. Yeah. Um, love which, uh, it's like a nice little dig now, towards him again, but let me, uh, let me dissect this scene a little bit here. Cause Nojima said something very interesting in an, in an interview, mm-hmm. um, he said that Tifa doing this here, like this is essentially the climax of Tifa's arc in this game because apparently, apparently a big theme they're playing with here is what would you have done differently? And Mm. for Tifa, this is her making up for leaving cloud behind at the end of what was it? Chapter seven where we fall through after we we for sector five. Yeah. Yes, so this is like to her, and this is straight out of Nojima's mouth, the lead scene, scene writer, that mm. this was her way of correcting that mistake, that mm. I'm not going to leave Cloud behind anymore, I'm going to go back for him, I'll keep him from falling. Which, you know, if you play the original, that's a very familiar aspect of Tifa's character. But this whole idea of what would you do differently, like Nojima made sure to point that out. The what would you do differently. Right. And I think, yeah, now we'll we'll start to see a little bit some of that uh, come to fruition. I think we're going to see some other characters flesh that out in future games. Absolutely. Whereas, whereas we saw Tifa flesh it out here, we're going to see other characters. Fle- mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? We may have seen Cloud do it at the end. We won't know until mm-hmm. we have more context. Yeah. But, you know, the idea of what you would do differently, it's on full display in this scene through Tifa. And I think I thought that was very interesting. For them to bring that up in the interview. Yeah, and it's, like, something that, like, I like also that he's kind of, um, they show that, like, she's grabbing him by his, like, forearm, and he's, like, not really holding on. And then she says that line to him, and then he, like, does his, like, little sigh thing and then grabs onto her, onto her Mm -hmm. forearm. And I'm like, oh, that's a cute little moment. Also shows you how fucking strong Tifa is. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Fucking Tifa... I, I gotta tell you, I don't know where she hides those muscles, man. But also, also, <laughs> I, I can't imagine Cloud being particularly heavy either. I feel like they probably almost weigh the same. I've <laughs> also just to just to just to, just to clear up the blurry lines. I've just assumed them all demigods at this point because oh, they're sure. they're fighting and using materia in a way that most of the population is not. So yeah, and also, I mean, you know, it's always kind of weird. Uh, you know, clouds, the buster sword, like we don't know if it's heavy or, I mean, sometimes it seems like it's heavy, but when clouds handling it, it's not, it's like, I don't know. (laughs) That's like a soldier thing or whatever. But, um, anyways, moving on, uh, we get our, we get the rest of the party there. Uh, they're in the elevator going down and they get, uh, and I always, I want to know how the hell they fit the arsenal into into the elevator uh to get it because it, like it, it's like the perfect size of the elevator so i'm thinking like how the hell do they squeeze that thing in there when there's no room for it to move no idea um but yeah so then it the arsenal opens up on our our friends here and it sh- sends their elevator plummeting to the ground and then we get our little cutaway with wedge 
Um, and he sees, uh, he sees Barrett and them falling in the elevator and he's like, oh, I got to do something. Um, also, I don't know why that like, cause last time we saw Wedge, he was in the mayor's office and now he's just kind of like roaming around the Shinra building. Uh, <laughs> which I don't, I mean, it's one of those things where like, I don't think we'll ever get an answer as to why he is where he is at that moment. But here's um, my, here's my head cannon until we get a final answer. I think it's just to show us that. There's no room for Wedge anymore. There's no role for him to fulfill anymore. There's no, and this might be why the Whispers showed up yeah. to do away with him, is because there's he's aimless. He's walking around Shinra aimless. Because what can he do? He he can't he can't fight like these guys can fight. No. You know, he very well may have served his role. And I mean, yeah, this was just their way of being like, hey, you know, he can't don't do need anything you here anymore. Yeah, it's like he can't do anything. I mean, because obviously Barrett and the others survive. Somehow, I don't know how they f- survive a plummeting elevator crash, but demigods. Not, neither here nor they're there. De- they're demigods, <laughs> they're, man. It solves got, every problem. I mean, they. I mean, literally, <laughs> they are. They could be in this instance because they all have plot armor. Well, not everyone, clearly, as Wedge. Well, it's not really clear what happens to Wedge. I mean, we. It's clear that he gets flung out of the window of the Shinra Tower, but it just fades to black, so we don't know if he's actually dead. But we can presume that he is, I guess, right? We can At presume. This you gotta see, show me the body. Show me the I, until I, mean, I see the receipts. That's until the, I that's have the, the reason. That's the reason why I think he's alive still because they cut to. There's a. There has to be a reason why they cut to black because I feel like they could have easily. I mean, I, well, it would it would have been kind of shitty to. But at watch the same time, then death, why but, even you know. show that, right? But yeah. at the same time, it's like then why even show that? It's like okay, you flung him out the window. Now yeah. what? And now what? Yeah, and then it's like, well, that's the last time we see him in this game. So <laughs> we just like, well, I guess we'll find out maybe later on. I uh, will say one thing, if I could, you know, I guess there's room for critiques and all the praise we give this game. Um, one thing they were able to do in the original that I guess due to ESRB, they didn't have the freedom in this game to do it is in the old game, not in the old game, rather, in the original, they were able to be a little more graphic and a little bit more gorish. Like there yeah. was actual blood in the original game. You actually watched characters really die on screen. Um, yeah. Not that you don't get that here. You do see that with Jesse, but they, they don't, you don't see the gruesome death. We show up for the aftermath, you know, yeah. um, this game, I guess because they wanted to keep it at T had to pull a lot of punches on the sort of blood gore yeah, and maybe that's it, why like, we didn't see wedge die because they were just like that i mean could push us into m like you mean not not for nothing but i mean even though it does cut to black i get it's still it still was a moment that like hit me emotionally especially when he's like oh just tell me that i, I made a difference i made a difference yeah. which i'm just like oh man like that hits me right in the like uh and then when he you know he's saying you know for 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 uh for biggs for jesse for Barrett and Tifa too, you know, and then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Cloud. And it's like all it's like it was it was a nice if that was his like final moment. It, it's a pretty good moment. It serves very well. Absolutely. Which is why it's like kind of weird that I mean, obviously, I don't want to see him fall to his death. Like I was saying before, it's like I, I, I think it would suck if we actually saw it. But, um, you know, it's like if it was his final moment, it makes sense. But it is kind of weird that the fact that it fades to black and considering what happens later on, it's a little, I mean, he already was supposed to be dead at this point anyway. 
So it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things, again, we'll have to wait and see if anything comes from that. We'll have to but, wait and see. But if nothing does come from it, I I think that was a more than worthy enough ending scene for that character. I agree. Um, I agree. And something that, you know, again, would not necessarily have expected it, but, you know, if it's just like a nice little extra little treat, then uh, I will gladly take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then after that, uh, we're, I know we're, we're getting close to an hour here. Well, actually, we just passed an hour. But yep. uh, I think we're, we're well. I think we'll stretch on a little bit. Yeah, more. no, no. We we've made good time. We don't like, we don't have only... uh, we don't have that much more to go here. Yeah. Um, the fight with the Arsenal. Um, by the way, uh, not I don't really have anything in particular to say about this fight other than uh, the version of the boss theme that plays uh, during this. And I'm pretty sure I said it during our soundtrack episode. Man, it is the one that got me the most pumped up. Like I know the Airbuster one was good, and uh, the Valkyrie one. Well, the Valkyrie one was kind of different in its own way, but this one for me was just like they took it to the nines on everything with uh, with this version of it, and uh, that's really. I mean, I don't. I don't really have much to say about that fight other than it was like a, it was kind of like a nice easier fight compared to. Genova and uh, Rufus. It was kind of like a nice little like palate cleanser almost of like. Well, I right. say I think palate cleanser is a perfect way to put it because I think what makes this fight stand out is your entire party is long range. There's no mm-hmm. short range in your party for this fight. It's all about keeping your distance. Yeah, I mean, I guess technically Red is your melee fighter, but you know, you don't get <laughs> you, to know, you don't get to control him. him. And also, I I meant to bring it up during the Genova fight, but I thought it was interesting that that is the only time in the game where you have a four-person party technically because red is fighting with you during that fight as well which i guess that's what that's what kind of makes me want things to be like like how we were describing last uh episode with you know having you have your set party and then you can have like assists basically you know so you could technically have like every everyone fighting at, at, at major points but you're not directly controlling them or like we were saying you could switch back and forth um but you know, I think um, I don't even. I think it wouldn't even be so crazy without going too far into this. But mm. I don't even think it would be so crazy if in the next game we just controlled a party of four. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad at that. You know, I think no, that would. I think that would be better, especially if they're gonna go more actiony with the combat. Like that's what kind of like what you know was that that vital component that was missing from fifteen where they eventually added that later on, but, like, being able to switch between all your... Because, you know, it's like we're kind of getting... I feel like all the games are starting to get to this convergence point where it's like we're going to have this point of, like, we're going to have these really, like, a nice team and being able to, like, you know, everyone feels good and on their own, but together they're fucking great. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, if they can get the mechanics to the right point, I feel like we could totally see them doing a four-person party. And then you just switch to everyone on the, you know, on the D-pad or whatever. You know, everyone's got a slot on the D-pad or something, you know. I could definitely yeah. I could definitely see that. Especially since they were trying to more actionify it with the shortcut commands and stuff in this game. And I could totally see that progressing on to like, oh, now well, you have a four-person team and you can, you know, maybe emphasize more like setting things up and, and stuff like that in the future. But, uh, yeah. That's that's a that's a really good point. 
Yep. And uh, I don't know if you had anything left you wanted to say about this fight. Um, we get a cool little scene at the end of the fight where you know, Barrett kind of sits down. And he's like, damn, it feels good to be alive. And Red, <laughs> just plays the, Red just plays the downer. And he's like, yeah, we could die later tonight. Cloud and Tifa could be dead already. And Barrett's like, the hell they are. <laughs> the hell they are. Like, you don't know them. <laughs> It's like I, I like I like how like Red you're is new, still right. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't know these people. Uh, yeah, I like how he's like the 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 pessimist of the group, but he eventually starts he starts to get a little bit better uh, later on. And I love how Red is in such a small part of this game, but even he has like a little bit of a character arc as well, you know, or at least him and Barrett have one. Yeah, um, it, it mostly goes through Barrett his character yeah. arc. Which um, but, made me like totally was like I want to just see more of these. I just want to see these characters interact more. Oh, there aren't many things that get me to fanboy like a little asshole, but any interaction between <laughs> Barrett and Red this game definitely did it. Oh, for sure. Um, and well, another another. Speaking of fanboying, um, this next the next scene that we get after after the oh, fight with yes. the Arsenal, um, where uh, our uh, Barrett, Aerith, and uh, Red have made it to the front doors of the Shinra building, but they're met by our good old pal Heidegger, and um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking about it now because it's such a great it's such a great scene. It is like. You know, typical, like, you know, oh, they get surrounded, and I love, like, right right after all the serious shit that we were dealing with, we're right back to all the goofy stuff where, like, the, 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 the infantry guys surround them, and then Heidegger walks up, and then, like, their commanding officer goes, Sir, we have them surrounded, sir. <laughs> and he's like, Yes, I could see that. <laughs> and I'm just like, we're right back into, like, the goofy, like, I feel like Heidegger... I, Heidegger's just kind of bre- like breeds that like goofy shit. I don't know. I don't know what he it is. He one hundred because he's like the Mo- Yosemite Sam. <laughs> he is the like, head must- goober for <laughs> like, sure. He seriously is. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's the thing is like I think what makes Heidegger even goofier and you know makes him fun to laugh at is he sees himself. As like this total oh, he, like alpha He's like a character. badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, President Shinra didn't really have any respect for him, and now Rufus Shinra sure as shit doesn't have any. Sure respect is not. For him. Yeah. So we'll we're gonna we'll see. Hopefully, maybe he uh, uh, takes a turn at some point uh, in the you, future. You games. realize you realize he's like in the same league as the Turks. Yeah, like, where he, him and like... Rude, him and Rude and Reno are on equal footing. <laughs> Yeah, except for like Heidegger is definitely more full of himself. I feel like than the Turks are, or at least the Reno Turks actually know what they are. That's the thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Heidegger definitely has like an, an inflated sense of ego for sure, and I think he relied very much upon his relationship with the president in order to be uh, the person he wanted to be and do the things he wanted to do. So yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see going forward uh, how he's going to handle this uh, transition of power. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah we get our we get our the scene that i feel like everyone uh, kind of you know loves pretty much i don't think i don't think i've ever seen anyone have a negative reaction to uh the scene where heidegger says uh so what is this ragtag group of misfits i see before me and then we get every 
Everyone gets their own little zoom in shot of you know, Barrett goes avalanche, and then Aerith goes local forest, and uh, Red gets the best one where he goes lab rat dog, <laughs> and it's just so it is so like ah it is like the perfect encapsulation of uh, of like what this game I feel like is does so well is like you take these characters in these extraordinary situations and then you just come up you just wacky goofy like you know like it's almost like they know they're in a video game kind of a moment you know where it's like yes yeah normally absolutely. i normally i feel like m- people would not be like that <laughs> in that situation but you know you know even uh i forget i forget what heidegger says but uh Barrett, like replies to him with like oh uh or, or maybe he asks, like, where the other ones are, and he's like, oh, up your ass. And then Heidegger's <laughs> like, oh, not my choice for my last words, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then, and then after, if that wasn't good enough, then we get the most video game slash movie moment of this, and probably of this entire game, really, where Cloud comes flying in on his uh, Hardy Daytona, and the fucking his theme is playing and it's like this big triumphant, you know, uh, you know, reprisal going on and then just absolute chaos where Cloud's just drifting around <laughs> and knock, the, yeah. just knocking everyone over uh, and it's super great. And uh, and then uh, Tifa comes in with the with the fucking the with teal the same damn the same car. like teal <laughs> truck that she drove in the original that like the three wheeled truck, which is so weird. And we were talking about it earlier uh, before we started recording that it's like it's so weird that they like the fact that they would add something like that in. Like it's and it's like I feel like no one would have batted an eyelash if if it was a different vehicle or anything. But like the fact that it's a realistic version of what that old like cartoony vehicle looked like in the original um, was like such a great little touch. And uh, yeah, then we get to see um, <laughs> we get uh, the the nice little cap on the end of this particular scene where uh, Cloud is Heidegger is like, there's only like Heidegger and a few other guards left and cloud rushes them in the, in the, on the motorcycle. He stabs his sword down and then uses the inertia of that and whips his bike up into the air and like whip, like whips his bike and rides his bike on the faces on these soldiers just barely missing Heidegger's face, which I love that it cuts up in close and it's like, I just missed him. Just missed him a little bit. And it's just like this perfect, this perfect like action sequence that is like, it feels almost out of place a little bit. It was very, it was very (laughs) diehard. Yeah. It was very, it was very like, um, you know, like compared to all the other, like, you know, action sort of set pieces that we've had in the game so far, it felt really kind of out of place, but I loved it. Uh, because it was so over the top and crazy. And like, this is the moment where I was kind of alluding to earlier where I said, this feels like I was watching it like the climax of a film. Like this feels like, you know, like right before, you know, uh, this, well, I guess right before the big fight at the end, kind of just like, ah, the, you know, you got clouds theme playing and it's like big and bombastic and, 
you know, all this stuff is going on. And well, the, the, the he- gangs together, the gangs all together now for the first yeah. time, like everyone's really back. Together. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's back and they're, they escaping by the skin of their teeth. And you know, uh, man, I, it's such a, such a great moment of just like pure final fantasy seven. Just like, here you go. Just like, <laughs> and this whole entire game has been pure final fantasy seven, like love and everything else. But like this moment just felt like it was like oozing it to me like everything i feel like everything from the genova fight up until now has just been like pure just like pure un- unfiltered final fantasy 7 love in your veins you absolutely know? shit that shoot that shit through the needle baby. <laughs> straight up dose to ff7 boss exactly. ladder to the end i think what i wanted to just touch on i guess on that final scene mm. um is i think what they're building up is a Barrett Heidegger rivalry in a sense. Whereas like cloud is going to have like his thing with Rufus. I think mm-hmm. like Heidegger is Barrett's new, that's got to be his new target. Now that the president's out of the picture, because Heidegger was really the, he was really kind of the one who was really like, it was the president's call at the end of the day, but, but he the, was really the, the main like source of like our problems. When it came to dropping the plate, like that was a big Heidegger move, you know? Yeah, and, you know, since he's technically, you know, leader of public security or whatever, like, he's, you know, all the goons that we've had to fight were because of him, and, you know, he's kind of like, he's not like the main villain, but he's definitely, like, realistically, probably the more, like, if we were, if we didn't really do anything with the president, he would have been the next target, you know what I mean? Yes. And, uh, (laughs) I mean, because if you think about it, you know, Tifa has her... Uh, her spat with Scarlet later on, and uh, I guess maybe Red could be like Hojo's pair off, you know. Like yeah. everyone's got everyone's got their own little rivalries with everyone. At, uh, everyone at Shinra. Uh, yeah, man, it's just I I because I just I think about the scene a lot, um, because it really is like the a good like cult cultivate ah, culmination of all this stuff and it was like that's why i kind of felt like this was almost like oh this is the end you know like maybe we mm-hmm. get another like a little lengthy cutscene. like i wasn't expecting any of the stuff that is going to come in the next ch- in the next chapter i don't think anybody did i yeah. think that's kind of i think that's where they really hit everyone blindsided across the face yeah because i'm thinking i'm like i know we're gonna probably get we're obviously gonna leave midgar um, and it was probably going to, and I knew I, I was, the only thing I knew about the game before going in was that it was only going to be Midgar and nothing well, past that. If I may pat myself on the back here, I believe <laughs> it's in one of our earliest episodes. I think the memories of FF seven hopes for FF seven are, I think I'm one of my predictions was Sephiroth will be there at the end of the highway. And what, and that's exactly what happens too. So that you definitely called that one. Um, I got plenty of shit wrong, mind you. <laughs> but that but that's one, a, that's I got. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's a pretty good one to get, honestly. Um, but yeah, I think. I mean, this is pretty. I mean, we're, we're this is pretty much the end of the chapter right here. Um, yeah. Then just after that scene happens, we get a little little vignette with uh, Cloud and a guard. Uh, who I just I. Again, just like they had to, to do one more showing of like having another goober shin regard of like, you know, he could have just he could have just moved out of the way. He could have just moved out of the way. But no, he's just he's you know, he's uh, frozen with fear. 
as Cloud throws his sword at him. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, well, maybe now I should move. And then, you know, they get their, they do their epic uh, breaking of the glass and Cloud picks his sword, you know, he, you know, picks his sword out of the air and they all just magically land on the highway and just start dipping out. And uh, that's, I think that is literally the last scene of this chapter. That is, that is. Um, we open the next chapter with a great scene, but that is the last scene yeah. of yeah, we and we will seven. we will definitely we will definitely get there when we talk about it. Um, I man, this chapter is uh, like it's got so much in it, and it's just like it is for being like a setup to what is going to come in the next chapter, and you know what we're potentially going to be seeing in the future. Um, it's a really good like. You know, if I didn't have, if I had any doubts at this point, you know, like, I mean, I think maybe this is more of like a retrospect kind of opinion that I have, but like, it's just like, just seeing this, all, all this stuff together in the, in the right context, um, really, I don't know, just like makes me feel so like happy (laughs) that they, they did all these things. And even like, even if the rest of it ends up being garbage, like they, they did something really special with this game. And like all this, like this, all these scenes and all this stuff happening in this chapter to me is like such a really good, like there's obviously been like points throughout this entire game where like, oh, they did a really good job with this, with this, this, but I don't know, like this, all this stuff, like this particular sequence of events, like feels super special to me and like probably is probably my most, aside from like wall market and a few other parts of the game, this is probably one of my most fondest parts of the game. In my opinion, oh, yeah. I would agree. And, you know, I think it's just it's something that you know, uh, and I I will say it every single time. It's just like you don't see that level of care and stuff. This is you know? this is a big part of what I wanted to say is, um, I can't think of anything else that's been remade, or I can't think of any other remake that's done to me what this has done to me. That has right. brought taken these characters of old, put them in a new light, and let them interact with each other in a way that was technologically restricted at the mm-hmm. time of the original. And to not only feel like these characters are getting their due justice, but then to feel like there's more than we could have asked for on the way. I don't know. It's just... Stuff it, that like you don't even you didn't I'm even so think that you wanted, to, you know. Dude, I'm so exactly. I'm so used to just remakes as we know them, sequels as we know them. Like I'm just so used to the same old. Like, mm. don't get me wrong, when they remade Ocarina of Time for the 3DS and it was the same exact thing with a fresh coat of paint, it was great, but it couldn't compare to playing the game for the first time on the N64. Oh, for sure. Yeah. This, this is daring to compare with playing the original. You know what I'm trying to say? It's like, it's trying to give you an experience that's comparable to the original. Yeah. And it's something that I feel like they didn't necessarily have to do, but maybe actually, maybe they did. Maybe they had to sort of invoke I think in their hearts, they had to, I think in their hearts, I don't think they could have put their hearts in this for 10 years. It's going to take them give or take. I don't think they were going to do this unless they could do it the way they wanted to do it in their hearts. Right, and I feel like it's really um, that they're able to capture 
that same kind of feeling. Cause like, I mean, throughout this entire game, I felt like, I mean, I, it, it's obviously been a while since we've played the original, like for the first time. Um, but it definitely has that evokes that same feeling where like, Oh, this is something special. Yes. Like even, even like when I played the original back then, like I, that was my first JRPG, you know, I didn't really know much about final fantasy as a franchise at that point. But when I was playing it and when I saw it for the first time, I was like, this is special. Like this, this is like nothing I've ever seen before. You know, like I just, I didn't know exactly cause I was, you know, only well, like seven years old at the time, but yeah. you know, um, I just knew at that point, like, Oh, this is, this is like, you know, this is something crazy. Like, you know, and obviously later on we'd find out that it was like a, you know, super massively successful, you know, game and everything. And it was like super influential, but you know, to, and for them to also to even try to approach anything close to that with this game, um, is it really, I, I think they succeed at least in my, in my particular case, I feel like they succeeded. Absolutely. And, you know, and took it even further because now there's all these new, all this new stuff that we're going to see and that we have seen thus far, um, you know, and, the, and it all works still, you know, and that there's nothing, there's no part of it to me that didn't feel like, oh, this is weird or, you know, this is, oh, this shouldn't be here. This doesn't belong here. Like, no, this all, I think within the context of this game, everything in this game belongs to be here, you know, or deserves to be here. Yep. I, I, I second that sentiment. I never once felt like anything was truly out of place. And it, it just feels like this entire game, that it was just like them just dunking on me constantly. <laughs> you know, just be like, yeah. oh, you thought that was cool. How about this shit? And, you know, they just kept doing that all the way, all the way up until the very end of the game, which, by the way, is something that not many games can do, at least for me. It's like a game for a game to keep me as engaged as this game did from second one to seconds, you know, to the last second that I played it. Um, and I mean, for us to even, you know, to start a show about it. And like the fact that I think about this game almost daily still, you know, regardless of, regardless of if we were doing the show or not, I think I'd still be thinking about it because it's Me just too. like, you know, in this, you know, it's just, it's such a welcome feeling to have something of this caliber exists in our in our lifetime you know it's something that they're even if they're trying to you know they're the and the fact that they're not trying to um you know uh reinvent the wheel right they're they're just like hey we're just we're taking this thing that we knew that we have like this strong base and we're just going to build on top of it you know and we'll change things here yeah. and there you know mechanically and update it but you know it's like final fantasy 7 i think ultimately is is as well revered and um, well remembered as it is because it's a really good story, you know, and the, the fact yeah. that they can take the, the skeleton of that story and now can do whatever the hell they want with it necessarily. Um, it's, it's super like inspiring to me and super like, I'm hopeful about something. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually hopeful about something in the video game industry for once. Yeah, no, um, it's a fresh feeling, man. It's a really fresh feeling. Yeah, and it's like something that I kind of I hope that other, you know, I hope other people like other companies and stuff are watching and being like, oh, you know, if we were ever to return or bring back a certain franchise or something, maybe we should, I don't know, give a fuck about it. <laughs> I really hope I really hope we'll look back and say seven remake 
may have been the first of its kind, but it's not the last. I like to believe yeah. that anything that was as well revered as Final Fantasy VII, if it gets a remake from here on out, it's gonna be along the lines of this. Yeah, like I think, and I honestly, I think there's there's a lot of room for it to obviously get better, um, and improve even more. Of course, um, and become even a bigger thing. But you know, I think for a first showing, <laughs> I think it was a pretty good first showing. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to ramble on too long because I know we're getting a little, little yeah, long here. This but, will be um, on one of our, one of our longer episodes, but I think, <laughs> I think this is about as good a place as I need to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's uh, eventually, and we'll, as we'll probably discuss in the next, uh, couple episodes here, um, uh, you know, we could talk about this game for a long time. <laughs> and Obviously. What it means to us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, is there, is there anything else that you want to bring up or anything I, i'm trying to think nah, if man. there's anything that i was gonna miss um nah man just want to send my love out to the mosey gang uh y'all yes. are awesome and to all you sickos who make it 84 minutes into a podcast episode between <laughs> me and chris and still keep your head on your shoulders that you're the best yeah i we definitely appreciate you um yeah uh, that's i think that's gonna be it for me man yeah i'm so, uh i'm ready when you are on your signal if we do our uh, inaugural uh ending of ending fanfare all right three two one